Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I know, I am certain, that President Trump did not intend to attack the Chinese. And it is my directed responsibility, and it was my directed responsibility by the Secretary, to convey that intent to the Chinese. My task at that time was to de-escalate. My message again was consistent. Stay calm, steady, and de-escalate. We are not going to attack you. So that's General Milley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs. Uh, became a bit of a household name if you're a news junkie when the Woodward book came out, what, a week or so ago? With some stuff in there saying... Seems like a month ago, by the way. It does. The modern world. It does. Nobody cares anymore, General. You can stay home. <laughs> that's true. To a certain extent, that's true. We've moved on. Gabby Petito, please. Exactly. The border Haitians. Exactly. Do you see those guys whipping those people at the border? Come on, that's the story now. Get out of your last week's scandal. <laughs> so he was not worried that Trump was going to attack China. No. I think him saying that out loud is important. I don't know if that clip will be played on MSNBC, where they liked to act for the last couple of weeks that he was so worried Trump was going to attack China, he had to call the guy and tell him we wouldn't. No. And then among Trump fans, it was, look at Milley in the deep state trying to uh, usurp the president. It's a coup. So he just stated, no, I didn't think Trump was going to attack China. <laughs> so there is uh, General Milley in front of the Senate Armed Services Committee also uh, to testify today. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, General Kenneth McKenzie, commander of U.S. Central Command. Want to hear more from the general? Sure, why not? The square jaw and as many medals. I like 74 there, Michael. Let's hear that. Later that same day, on 8 January, Speaker of the House Pelosi called me to inquire about the President's ability to launch nuclear weapons. I sought to assure her that nuclear launch is governed by a very specific and deliberate process. She was concerned and made, very, or made various personal references characterizing the President. I explained to her that the President is the sole nuclear launch authority, and he doesn't launch them alone, and that I am not qualified to determine the mental health of the President of the United States. Hmm. Okay, so the story about Nancy calling, saying he's crazy, take away the nuclear football, uh, that's accurate. Oh, yeah, and he says that he talked her out of it. Look, I don't have the authority to do that. I'm not in a position to judge his mental health. And uh, chain of command is, you know, what he just explained there. Yeah, but she like, she did call him up and say, "You got to do something." He's crazy. Yeah, the Joint Chiefs are an advisory committee, so I mean, it would actually be a coup oh, if he yeah. were to step in and say, "I'm now in charge of the nuclear codes." That'd be crazy. They ask him about Afghanistan. I don't know if this is just the military covering their own backs, or they're just legitimately putting forth their version of the story, which is a little different than what the president's been saying. Clip 70, Michael. In the fall of 2020, my analysis was that an accelerated withdrawal 
without meeting specific and necessary conditions, risks losing the substantial gains made in Afghanistan, damaging U.S. worldwide credibility, and could precipitate a general collapse of the ANSF and the Afghan government, resulting in a complete Taliban takeover or general civil war. That was a year ago. My assessment remained consistent throughout. So NBC's got a story today quoting anonymous senior Pentagon officials saying that the military presented Biden with a full plan for getting people out of Afghanistan. Uh, and the White House wasn't hearing it. So I don't think it's an accident that that story broke today. I think they want to let the world know, hey, this whole nobody told me story from President Biden is not true. Right. And you can hear the general choosing his words carefully so as not to usurp uh, the authority of the civilian leadership, but making it clear that, yes, he he knew it and his assessment remain consistent we have it on pretty good authority too from mike lyons who knows some of the people in charge over there or who were in charge over there that they were told look you can have the guys in the budget to either defend the airfield uh, the airport or the uh the air base but not both choose one and the military hated that but they had to do it and hence the uh the collapse and the, uh, the debacle. Yeah, so I think General Milley, what he's trying to say is, look, I told them that this is probably what would happen, and we had a plan to get people out, and they weren't interested in either one of those stories. Yeah, well, let's have one more note on Afghanistan 71. And we must remember that the Taliban was and remains a terrorist organization, and they still have not broken ties with al-Qaeda. I have no illusions who we are dealing with. It remains to be seen whether or not the Taliban can consolidate power or if the country will further fracture into civil war. Okay. The, you know, the, there's more. There's going to be more to this story over time. You know, he's still in his role as serving the commander-in-chief, but I, I got to believe there's more to this story, and we might not know it for 10, 15, 25 years whenever they start releasing these secrets, but the, 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 the military really unhappy with the position they were put in, including having 13 of their own get killed because of the, 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 these decisions. Yeah, you're I right. We absolutely will hear strong stuff. Yeah, I got to believe that Milley or, or some people, maybe, maybe even Secretary Austin, who's being questioned today, were at some points just freaking furious that the president put them in a situation where they were going to get people killed. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And listen, I hate to go backwards, but I want to I want to do the one more China clip because I think it's important. When the Woodward book excerpts came out, the the verbiage used in those excerpts and the way people were describing them were if you know, if you're a writer or an attorney or a bull esser, you'll you'll note that they were vague and led you in a particular direction, even though the exact words weren't known. The descriptions were prejudicial to me about how he called the Chinese and said, I'll warn you before we attack. You know, right. which obviously is, is insane for a general to say. If the words were somewhat different, though, it would be defensible. And uh, Millie wanted to comment on that in clip 72. I've served this nation for 42 years. I spent years in combat, and I buried a lot of my troops who died while defending this country. My loyalty to this nation, its people, and the Constitution hasn't changed 
and will never change as long as I have a breath to give. My loyalty is absolute, and I will not turn my back on the fallen. Oh, that's I thought he included in that clip that he'd coordinated that Chinese call with the Secretary of uh, Defense, Mark Esper, um, that that was all planned and meetings were held and the rest of it. I don't know this General Milley guy. I have no idea what's in his heart or his, his mind. And again, time will tell some of this stuff. But if he is what he portrays himself to be, and he probably is, um, I'll bet being called a traitor uh, a lot of different places was pretty rough. Yeah, and probably wildly inappropriate, too. I don't know. People are so fevered. You know, it just... The Trump lens, I just uh, tires me out. Trump the other day, by the way, he's so mad at Brian Kemp in Georgia. He said maybe you ought to elect Stacey Abrams instead, governor of Georgia. And so now Georgia, which we lost two Senate seats already, which may change American history, partly because Trump threw a fit. Now he's going after the governorship. What the hell's going on there? Come on. Is Biden going to get enough of the blame today as they discuss this whole Afghanistan thing and everything. Uh, he certainly should. Well, the media has to connect the dots the way we did or have the knowledge that we have through our magical powers that the military was given a choice, uh, practically a Sophie's choice of one or the other. We want you out. We want the numbers shrinking because it looks good in the papers. Yeah, they, they've got to be unhappy the way Biden played this in the press, the way he's trying to spin it. The military told me to get rid of Bagram. You told us we get this many troops, so there was no way we could keep the embassy and the airport with the number of troops that you allowed us. So don't right. pretend that we advised you. We wanted to keep both of them, but you wouldn't let us have enough troops to keep both of them. Right. And and he was able to spin it as, well, you told me that was a good idea, that you didn't need it. No, that's not what we said at all. Yeah. Anyway. Nobody appreciates being lied about uh, in the nation's media. Um, maybe I'll get to Simone Biles at some point. She uh, says she should have quit before the Tokyo Olympics. Uh, speaking of people that got maybe some unwarranted uh, blasting uh, at the time. Uh, Cleveland Indians played their last home game as the Cleveland Indians last night. They lost. Boo. Next year they will be the Guardians. Of the galaxy? The parental guardian? The legal guardian. It's a perfectly fine name, though, right? It's as good as any. Exactly. It's as good as any. I've been to Cubs games. I saw no juvenile bears. Not a single one. How about a Washington wizard? What the the heck? Please. What am I, Harry Potter over here? (laughs) All nicknames are dumb. (laughs) So choose choose the guardians. It's no dumber than the rest. Unless you're the Shelbyville Shelbyvillians. Right. Probably inaccurate, too. They're all free agents from out of town. Lies. <laughs> Nothing but lies in sports. <laughs> Terrible. Plus, Dog the Bounty Hunter's on the case. Oh. He's going to find that uh, despicable Brian Laundry fellow. you got to explain that to me. We'll get yeah. to that stuff next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Allegedly, what we're hearing is two people left on the 8th. Three people came in on the 6th, and two people left on the 8th. 
I think he's been here for sure. So, there's a lot of little islands around the area where we're at that he could get to on a canoe. We talked to the caretakers today of the islands. They said he could be out here, that he was here for sure, not over in the swamp. That would be Dwayne Dog the Bounty Hunter Chapman, who has now entered the investigation into the disappearance of Brian Laundrie. Yeah. Uh, Dwayne the Dog uh, Chapman is now on the Brian Laundry case. He announced that he was entering the search for Laundry, whatever that means, Laundry, and tips quickly poured in from people who aren't willing to talk to the cops but are willing to talk to Dog the Bounty Hunter or already called the cops or I don't know. Anyway, he said he received a tip on Monday that Laundry's parents spent the night in this Fort DeSoto Park, uh, you know, campground with their son a couple of times the first uh, week or so of September, and the last time three came, only two went, and so they think he may have been hiding out there. I don't know. Online sleuths reported that a law enforcement helicopter could be heard in the area of the campground, but a Pinellas County Sheriff spokesperson told uh, the news it was not conducting an investigation into Fort DeSoto. Um, so either Dog the Bounty Hunter is full of crap or he's way ahead of the cops or something or other. Um, meanwhile, um, Fox Digital News reporter overheard a park worker saying investigators had checked surveillance video on the grounds at some point. Meanwhile, the lawyer for the Laundry family uh, swears up and down that his clients do not know where Brian is and did nothing to help him. Uh, yeah, well, that remains to be seen. They are concerned about Brian and hope the FBI can locate him. The speculation by the public and some of the press that the parents assisted Brian in leaving the family home or in avoiding arrest on a warrant that was issued after Brian had already been missing for several days is just wrong. Well, that's a lawyerly thing to say. They're trying to help their boy out. Um, and he's almost certainly a murderer. The other significant aspect of this case and... And this is, this is a tough one. People will yell and shout about this and act as if it's obvious what should have happened. Um, Utah law says if the cops have a probable cause to believe that domestic violence has occurred, um, they have to arrest the person who perpetrated the violence. Um, or they can issue a citation. Um, and in this case, it is now undeniable that the caller to 911 stated a male hit a female domestic. These are quotes now. He got into a white Ford Transit van, has a black ladder on the top, Florida plate, the dispatcher adds. Um, and then actually, I think at one point repeats. Sorry, this is kind of a sprawling article. Uh, yeah, phone number is, names redacted. I'm not sure, blah, 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 but the female who got hit, they both, the male and the female, both got into the van and headed north, uh, but they made it clear twice that the, the female had gotten hit. And so now the cops there in Moab City are uh, are in trouble. Um, Brett Tolman, former U.S. attorney in Utah, told Fox News on Sunday that the officers will probably face disciplinary action. Quote, I think they will find that they sort of manipulated the situation and not take someone into custody. I think the fact that they had another eyewitness that is not involved in it and his objective say he hit her, you're going to have a majority of officers take him into custody. Now, if you've seen the body camera footage, 
And I'm not saying the cops didn't make a mistake. Obviously, hindsight being 2020, it might be a tragic mistake. But, boy, they tried so hard to figure out what was going on and be compassionate and calm and understand the situation. Um, you know, you hate to jump on them since, you know, you're not walking a mile in their shoes. At the same time, if Utah law is pretty straightforward on the question, they, they should have arrested the guy. Is he dead or is he hiding? What do you think? Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. The massive spending plan they're drawing about on the Capitol will blow up U.S. budgets for generations in spite of the claims that, oh, no, it all pays for itself. Well, that's a lie, and we can explain to you why it's a lie and how it's a lie coming up next. If you can stay tuned. If not, you can always grab Armstrong and Getty on-demand podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. And the most recent draft obtained by Fox reveals it is chocked full of progressive ideas. $12 billion in electric cars for postal workers and federal employees. $4 billion for distance learning in schools. $3 billion for what Democrats call tree equity or planting trees in poor neighborhoods. Another $59 million for resource centers for racial and ethnic minorities. $15 million to support older and underserved Americans due to their sexual orientation or gender identity and 25 million for bias training i think the tree equity is my favorite part of that the federal government is going to spend billions of dollars planting trees for poor people okay won't even get into the question of federalism and who's responsible for what under our constitutional system. I think you could do a hell of a lot of research before you came across any mention of tree equity. So one of the talking points that uh, Biden and company are throwing out, and Nancy as well, is that uh, the $3.5 trillion spending bill, uh, spending binge, it'll cost nothing. It's It's all paid for. Well, don't believe it. It's it's going to increase the, well, as the New York Post put it, I think it was the New York Post, shorten the fuse on a debt bomb that's already set to detonate. Keeping in mind, last year, lawmakers already spent $3 trillion in arguably justified deficit spending for the once-in-a-lifetime pandemic. Or at least I hope it's once-in-a-lifetime. I haven't even thought of that. Uh, yet the 2021 spending blowout is set to dwarf those costs, keeping in mind now, lawmakers already passed that almost $2 trillion, $1.9 trillion stimulus bill filled with, you remember the unemployment benefits that were more than what people were making for a living, and bailouts to states already running budget surpluses. The Senate passed a $550 billion infrastructure bill that's mostly f- financed with gimmicks and, and uh, accounting trickery. Biden's 8.4% discretionary spending increase would permanently raise the baseline by $1 trillion over the decade. And that's before all that stuff I just rattled off. That's before the $3.5 trillion reconciliation bill that would raise deficits by at least $1.75 trillion. And, and a lot of this so-called, oh, don't worry, it's paid for itself. It, it has a lot of trickery, like um, always in Medicaid, Medicare, 
They always say, uh, we're going to cut the payments to doctors by 50% starting next year. And with that accounting, well, maybe the bill pays for itself, but there's no friggin' doctors that are going to take that. They're going to say, no, we're not going to see your patients. And so Congress puts that off year after year after year. That actually happens. Plus, the Democrats are pretending like, for instance, the expanded child tax credit will expire within a few years, but everybody knows it's permanent. Once it passes, it'll be permanent. What the, the next Nancy Pelosi, someday she won't be the Speaker of the House, um, is, is going to say, yeah, we're going to go ahead and cut that out of your, your uh, family finances, and that's going to go over? No, please. So there's a tremendous amount of dishonesty about the math involved with, with this thing. I mean, even if you think some of the policy goals are, uh, are worthy, still, you know, people rarely lie unless they have to, and they have to, to, to sell the American people, I'm sorry, to dupe the American people on this. Uh, this colossus. Uh, there are a number of reactions and arguments that are worth airing for you, people commenting on this. Uh, let's go with uh, good old Newt Gingrich, always good for a quote clip 41. What I'm watching, I think, is the transition from the donkey to the lemming. She's moved from twisting arms to breaking them. I think she's on the edge now of kneecapping people, uh, but but she's getting them inch by inch. All right, how about the two most powerful people in the House of Representatives, Kevin McCarthy and Nancy Pelosi, having it out in a battle royale, 42. It only takes four Democrats to say no to stop this. And remember what this is. This weekend, we learned in the Budget Committee, it wasn't $3.5 trillion, it was $4.3 trillion. They'll continue to spend more. If you add that with the infrastructure bill, you're talking more than $5 trillion, more money than we spent in winning World War II. And what has it caused? Inflation. Um, that's why you find that there are some Democrats who said they cannot go lo- along with this. This is the vision of the president. This isn't about moderates versus progressives. Overwhelmingly, the entirety of our caucus, except for a few whose judgment I respect, uh, uh, support the vision of Joe Biden. We're going to pass the bill this week. You know, I realize this is uh, the the cow's out of the barn door. It's gotten on a bus to the city and it's opened a, a, a you know a hair salon. Um, way too late to close the gate, but this is the vision of the president. Give the uh, Constitution a quick read. There's nothing about the president decides everything and the Congress executes his vision. And I realize it sounds like a picky point, but it's not. It's an enormously important point. That's not the way it's supposed to work. Not even close. In fact, it's about the opposite of the way it's supposed to work. On the special report with Brett Baer, they were discussing this uh, colossus, and Britt Hume weighed in, clip 43. And I suppose what they're trying to say is because it's paid for, it didn't cost any, it doesn't cost anything, uh, which is preposterous on its face. It's like saying, you know, uh, my, my kid's education and college education didn't, didn't cost anything because I was able to raise the money to pay for it. It's ridiculous on its face, but it does show you that there is at least some resistance, uh, obviously among Democrats, to this level of new spending on top of the reckless spending that went on all through the Obama and Trump years as well. That's an excellent point. Yeah, it's being paid for by raising tremendous numbers of taxes. Well, that doesn't mean it's not spending. And uh, finally, 44. What this is is sort of the all-time, all-Democrats wish list of spending and you know they kind of live to spend sometimes i think they spend for the sake of spending or would like to uh, at a time when we've already spent ourselves into a very deep hole uh thanks as everyone has pointed out to the profligacy of both parties but this is this is no time to be piling onto that it's dangerous 
That's an excellent point. A couple excellent points. Add it all. Oh, don't let me forget about the Jen Psaki thing. Oh, it's so crazy. Um, add it all up. Congressional Democrats are set to commit eight trillion dollars in new spending over the next decade. Six trillion of it borrowed. That is quadruple the net cost of the 2017 tax cuts that you remember were decried by the left side of the aisle as utterly irresponsible and growing the, uh, the budget. Quadruple that. And speaking of tax cuts, if you take that $8 trillion in new spending, or the $6 trillion that'll be borrowed, that's enough to el- money to eliminate your side of the payroll tax. I don't know how carefully you look at your, your stub every day or every couple of weeks, but it would eliminate the payroll tax or just deposit $60,000 into every American family's bank account. $60,000. Instead, it'll be spent on a grab bag of long-standing liberal policies. All right, so moving over to the paying for it side of things. They're going to hammer corporations, tax corp, the big evil corporations, indulging in the fantasy that so many people and and most people just haven't thought about it enough or they, you know, they haven't read about it, but the idea that a corporation absorbs taxes and doesn't pass it on to consumers or essentially take it away from employees is just naive and silly. Uh, especially, I mean, and they're working toward a probably needed but somewhat scary global understanding or global agreement on uh, corporate taxes so that countries don't, you know, constantly try to, you know, outbid each other and, and, and corporations can hide their earnings, uh, you know, by, uh, you know, moving shell corporations about and shell offices and whatever. Um, but anyway, so they're trying to come with an agreement that there'll be a minimum corporate tax. But if, if we raise corporate taxes past a certain point, and they're actually probably about at that point now, we're going to lose tons of tax revenue. Corporations are really good at getting the tax code written for their benefit. So don't, don't think Nancy Pelosi can outsmart them because you won't. But anyway, so to the topic of who actually pays corporate taxes. A reporter asked Jen Psaki the other day, and I wish we'd had tape, uh, but I just came across this. I want to ask you about what Republicans are pointing to in the analysis from the Joint Committee on Taxation. This is a nonpartisan committee. They say, according to, if I've read the chart correctly, more than 16% of taxpayers would see their taxes increase under the bill that's approved by the House Ways and Means Committee. Will the president sign that bill if... As, as if it's coming as it is coming out of the committee or will he insist on the changes so that he will maintain his commitment that taxes won't go up on people making four hundred thousand dollars a year and Saki says i've not looked at the document or the report that you've put out that you've put out no it's the joint committee on taxation obviously the president uh, i should say that the republicans put out obviously the president's commitment remains at not raising taxes for anyone making less than four hundred dollars four hundred thousand dollars a year there are some and i'm not sure if this is the case in this report who argue that in the past companies have passed on these costs to consumers i'm not sure if that's the argument being made in this report we feel that that's unfair and absurd and the American people would not stand for that. Jen Psaki said it's unfair and absurd that companies would increase costs, prices, lower payrolls in response to higher taxes. Uh, th- that any grown-up would say that is disappointing. That Jen Psaki would claim that is just brutally dishonest. 
because she's not dumb. And you'd have to be really, really dumb not to get that. We feel that that would be unfair and absurd, and the American people would not stand for that. That's your uh, Biden administration. That's the vision that Congress is supposed to, uh, you know, dance to that tune. Are you kidding? I sure hope they don't. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I do want to be very clear that if anybody leaves using Instagram feeling worse about themselves, that's an important issue that we need to take seriously and that we need to figure out how to address. Okay, first of all, how are you in charge of Instagram and just now realizing that it's bad for kids? I mean, that's like the McDonald's CEO being shocked to hear that the ice cream machine isn't working. Since when? Since always! No one even knows what a McFlurry tastes like. It's all a myth! But this was always a bad idea. I mean, first of all, Instagram Kids is not the correct name, right? Call the app what it is, Pedo Bait. Yeah, I said it. Also, nobody wants to see photos of little kids' brunch. What's that even going to be, like a fruit roll-up in a juice box? Trevor Noah there. Yeah, what a horrifying idea. Let's get the kids young. Let's hook them young, says Mark Zuckerberg and his cabal of evil. Uh, ugh, ugh, recoiling from that idea. Um, you know, I was going to go, there's some really interesting COVID information out. Um, I know you're thinking, how the hell can that be? Uh, but, uh, Mark Milley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs, is continuing to testify in front of a Senate panel and keeps saying some really interesting things, uh, particularly contradicting what Joe Biden has said about Afghanistan. <clears throat> he said, a couple of minutes ago, he recommended the U.S. keep 2,500 troops in Afghanistan prior to the chaotic military withdrawal last month, appearing to contradict Biden's statement that he received no such recommendation. Said Milley, quote, I won't share my personal recommendation to the president, but I will give you my honest opinion and my honest opinion and view shape my recommendation. And I recommended that we maintain 2,500 troops in Afghanistan. Direct contradicting the ancient senile president who stated that none of my military advisors uh, told me that. Uh, nobody did. Wow. Wow. Millie, tired of being portrayed as the cause of the debacle or the military being the cause of the debacle, has had enough of evidently and is, is coming out and setting the record straight. And uh, one of the senators there at the Armed Services Committee, I guess, asked him, whether he was going to resign over President Biden, refusing his advice to keep those troops there. Quote, resigning is a really serious thing. It's a political act if I'm resigning in protest. My job is to provide advice. My statutory responsibility is to provide legal advice or best military advice to the president. And that's my legal requirement. That's what the law is. The president doesn't have to agree with that advice. That's a good point. It would be an incredible act of political defiance for a commissioned officer to just resign because my advice is not taken. My dad didn't get a choice to resign at Iwo Jima, and those kids there at Abbey Gate, they don't get the choice to resign, and I'm not going to turn my back on them. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't think resigning would be the right thing for him to do. Um, I do think it is uh, valuable that the people know that the president was lying. 
Um, and that, indeed, not only did some military advisors advise him to keep troops there, but the, the big kahuna, the head guy did. Let's see. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin defended pulling U.S. troops out of Bagram Air Base and handing it back to the Afghan government just weeks before it was overtaken by the Taliban. Quote, retaining Bagram would have required putting as many as 5,000 troops in harm's way just to operate and defend it. That's true, but that would be temporary, and then you get them out in an agreement with the Taliban. Austin said keeping U.S. military presence at Bagram, even for counterterrorism purposes, would have meant staying at war in Afghanistan, which President Biden made clear was not an option. You know, I, th- I think he's probably right on that. Um, but uh, the idea that it was impossible, just unthinkable, for us to come up with a way to keep and defend Bagram till our people and our allies were out, that's just a lie. It is absolutely a lie. It's the the tale of politics wagging the dog of our people, our citizens, and our allies. And it's ugly, and it was a debacle and ineffective, and a lot of people are dead, including our 13 brave service people, not to mention God knows how many of our allies who are even now in some underground torture chamber being, uh, you know, treated the way the Taliban treats people. So, anyway, that's dark stuff. I know, I apologize for going there, but... Oh, speaking of soldiers and the things they do, how is this not an enormous story? It's in the Daily Wire, uh, Ben Shapiro's outfit, which is quite reliable. Uh, Fourteen soldiers with the Mexican military were apprehended by U.S. federal law enforcement officials during the wee hours Saturday morning after they crossed over onto U.S. soil. Fourteen Mexican soldiers on U.S. soil apprehended. The incident reportedly happened when two vehicles carrying the soldiers crossed the bridge that links Juarez City to El Paso, Texas. A witness told Reuters, I got to go to the Reuters account, that uh, CBP agents quickly took control of the situation, yelling at the soldiers to put their hands up and drop their weapons immediately. The Border Patrol said the soldiers, their weapons and equipment were secured for safety and processing and noted that the soldiers said, quote, they did not realize they had entered the U.S., so one or both of the guys driving the vehicles just took the wrong ramp and accidentally came into the U.S. The AP reported one of the Mexican soldiers was assessed a civil penalty after CBP officers discovered a personal use amount of marijuana in his possession. So you got pot smoking Mexican soldiers. Well, they're high. That's what happened. They're, they're stoned and they accidentally drove across the bridge from Juarez City. <clears throat> All of the soldiers were in uniform wearing their military gear. After they got a ticket for having the ganja, they were sent back across the border to Mexico after they were processed by U.S. law enforcement officials. That is something. That's just crazy. Oh, the other development on the border that I thought was pretty interesting? When the president unleashed his utterly unforgivable, ridiculous prejudicial statements that uh, the guys on the horses, well, well, they'll be punished. We'll take care of them. Uh, Greg Abbott said in an interview Sunday, any U.S. Border Patrol agent get, that gets punished by the Biden administra- administration for doing their jobs, he'll hire them. State of Texas will hire you right away. We'll get you a job protecting the border, which I think is pretty cool. Um, 
Uh, let's see. I, Abbott said first they wouldn't have been in that situation had the Biden administration forced the immigration laws and secured the border in the first place. Second, the person who took those pictures said the characterization that the Democrats have made about the border patrol using the the reins as whips, whipping cro- people coming across the border is false. They were simply maneuvering horses. Uh, last thing I will tell you is that the president said he's going after the border patrol who are risking their lives and working so hard to try to secure the border. If he takes any action against them whatsoever, I have worked side by side with these border patrol agents. I want them to know something. If they're at risk of losing their job, got a president who's abandoning his duty to secure the border. You have a job in the state of Texas. I will hire you to help Texas secure our border. So that's good. I suspect very, very strongly that the embarrassed Biden administration and their vow that justice will be done, we'll, we'll take care of them. Yeah, that's going to quietly go away. Nothing's going to happen because nothing should happen. If you ever miss a chunk of the show and you want to catch up, grab it via podcast. Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty.